Welcome to the Peaceful Life Podcast. This is your host, Laura, coming to you from a cottage in the woods in the peaceful mountains of California. Today's episode is going to be a tad different. I'm going to give you a peek inside the production of the Peaceful Life Podcast, give you an update on my own healing from my bad fall back in December, And then I'm going to read you some feedback messages, some listener mail that I've received. I haven't done that in a while. So this is my third listener mail episode. So thanks for listening. I'm really glad you're here. So my usual process when I put together an episode is I create a document and throughout the week before I record... Can you hear that in the background? I'm trying a new mic setup, but I'm afraid you can hear the traffic outside. I don't know. Anyway, so I put together a document and I just do some research here and there when I can and I add to the document. And then on the Saturday before the podcast goes live, I take that document, put it into some semblance of order, And then I go into my guest room, which is where my podcast studio is now. Used to be in my closet, and now it's in the guest room. So I have a little corner in my guest room where I have a desk, my laptop computer, a bulletin board in which to stick up my documents so I can refer to it, my microphone, and a little shelf that holds my water because my mouth gets dry when I talk. So anyway, uh, then I record the episode. And then for every 17 to 30 minutes of podcast episode, it takes me about one to two hours to actually edit it in an audio editing software to get it ready for consumer consumption. So that means I add the music, And if it's an affirmation or meditation episode, I add a second track of music to go behind my voice. And I cut out all those things that I want cut out, like coughs and me drinking water and me flubbing up. Someday I'll have a bloopers episode. I think you'd really like it (laughs) because I flub up. So after I edit the podcast, which takes one to two hours, depending on the length of the episode. It might take longer if it's an interview, because then I'm working with two different tracks of voices. It might be up to three hours of editing. And then I save the file, and then I have to find a graphic to go with it so I can promote it on social media and put it on my website. So really, all in all, for a little teeny episode of the Peaceful Life podcast, it takes me probably six to eight hours of work from concept to promoting it on social media. Can you believe that? I know. And that's why I moved to every other week, because not only do I help people with other podcasts during the off week, but I also want to take some time off. Like I work so hard during the week 
and sometimes I just want to have fun, which is what I did today. It's Saturday, it's late, and I'm recording late. So this episode might launch a little late tomorrow. Not sure I'm going to get it out by 8 a.m., but I'm sure who cares? Like, if it comes out at 1, who cares? So today I took the day off. I actually went with a girlfriend, and it was such a beautiful day that tons of people were having yard sales. So we went out and we did some thrifting, and we did some yard sales, And then we drove to Mariposa, which is about 30 minutes away. It's a small mining town in California. It's really beautiful. And they were having a gem and mineral show. And that's where you can get beads and gems and meteor pieces. And there was just so much cool stuff there. I just wanted to buy it all. Some had quality gemstones. Some had uncut rocks. It ran the gamut of all different stones, rocks, fossils. And the funny thing was that I knew my phone would not work there. So I knew I was going to be spending at least half a day without my phone. But I also forgot my phone. So I couldn't even take pictures of anything. And I spent from, I guess it was nine in the morning till three in the afternoon without my cell phone, which you're like, oh my God. But you know, I used to live like this. I'm old enough to remember life before cell phones. But there were still times when I automatically just went to reach for it because I wanted to take a picture of something. I wanted to text somebody. But you know what it taught me? It taught me to be present and to not have to reach out, not have to document what's going on to anybody but myself and my friend who I was spending time with. She's older than I am, and she's not as tied to her cell phone as many other people are. So we basically went cellless all morning and afternoon, and it kind of felt great. And at one point, we went into a restaurant, and they were just like overloaded with people. And they said it was going to be about a 35-minute wait for food. And of course, my first instinct was to, well, I'll just, you know, catch up on Facebook or I'll see what's going on. But I didn't have myself. So I said, you know what, we can just sit here and talk. And it was just, it really was kind of freeing. And I had already warned my daughter that my cell phone would probably not work where I was. So she knew that I wasn't reachable. And guess what? I wasn't reachable. And back before 1990, that's how life was. You left the house, you weren't reachable. The end. So (laughs) that was my lovely Saturday morning. And so that's why I'm a little late and I don't regret it at all. Now, the state of my arm is it's almost healed. Um, My bone feels fine. The muscles in the hand are a little slow to return. And it's just a bit swollen still. You know, when I first saw the x-ray of this crazy device they put in my body, I actually had a mini breakdown on the drive home from the doctor 
my head was saying, I don't want that big thing in my body. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. And the emotions really caught me off guard. And then six weeks after the surgery, I still couldn't make a fist and I still can't really well. And I was worried that something was wrong. My mind just spun out of control. But I stopped myself and I waited until I had the appointment with my surgeon. And he said everything was fine and right on schedule. And it will take a while for the muscles to heal. And now I have a super strong wrist and I can't break it again. That's what he said. I can't possibly break it again. But the funny thing was... As soon as the doctor validated that it was fine and healing on schedule, I felt like it started healing quicker. As soon as my negative imagination was shut down, I found myself not thinking about it anymore and doing things that I couldn't do just a week ago. Power of the mind, people. That's the power of the mind. Because I was so worried that I was allergic to the implant or something was going wrong, it felt frail and wrong. And as soon as he told me that everything looked and felt fine, it started feeling fine. Isn't that crazy? So in the last four months since I fell down those frickin' steps and broke, shattered, as the doctor said, when I shattered my arm, I learned a lot of lessons. One was I was actually able to work, although I made myself take some time off, and that was okay. It's really hard for me to take time off. I'm a type A personality, and I want to go, go, go. And even on my off time, I want to be productive, be productive, clean the house, do the dishes. And I had to let myself do nothing. And I think a lot of times we forget that. Do nothing. Relax. Meditate. Veg. Who cares? Listen to music. I tell you that you have to practice self-care. And I also have to turn that on myself as well. Now, there were times that were really challenging working with one hand that was not my dominant hand. I had a couple breakdowns. I cried, I screamed, and I let myself feel the frustration so I could get through it. The third thing I learned was to slow down. Even when the animals were meowing and barking to get fed right now, I said this aloud. I was like, guys, I have to go slower and that's okay. And I'm sure I was talking mainly to me and not to them. And the same with getting dressed, making my bed, preparing dinner, preparing to go out. I told myself, I'm going slower and that's okay. You have to give yourself permission to heal. I also learned a lesson to catch myself when I was worrying and put the negative thoughts aside because they're unproductive. Don't blame yourself or beat yourself up over something you coulda or shoulda done. Unproductive. Remember from my Think Differently episode, no dwelling on the past and no worrying about the future. It was a really good lesson in staying present. 
Now, I'm a good troubleshooter. I learned how to open jars by putting them between the soles of my shoes and twisting with my good arm. I figured out a lot of tricks, and I'm proud of myself for doing so. And I got through it. So that's the state of my arm. It's almost healed. And I even listened to my own healing affirmation episode every night. And it felt so great. And it helped me get to sleep. It helped me relax. So if you have any ailments or chronic pain, I urge you to download that episode, keep it on your device, and use it. Believe me, I know I talk the talk, but I also walk my own walk. I use all my own affirmation episodes, and they work. And now, since I haven't done this in a while, I'm going to read some letters I received from you guys out there. First of all, thank you so much for listening. You know I love you. And I love the fact that you want to change your lives and you want to be more peaceful and loving and happy. And that makes me happy. You know, some people in the podcaster groups complain that they're not getting enough listeners. And I've never once complained about that. But somebody said, hey, you're getting a thousand listens a month. Imagine if you walked into a room on stage and a thousand people were sitting there in the audience. That's a lot of people listening. So don't compare yourselves to other people. If you're a podcaster out there and you're feeling dejected because you're only getting 20, 50, 100, 200, or 1,000 listens per episode or per month, just imagine those people in a room. They're important, and you're important to me. Okay, so here's my first feedback, and it's a doozy. (laughs) Dear Laura, If you believe that each one of us is a spectacular human being, does that include Donald Trump? (laughs) Well, uh, my first thought is if you look at the root of the word spectacular, it would be spectacle. And Donald Trump is certainly a spectacle. But without getting political, and if you've been listening to my show, you know where I lie in the political spectrum. But on a personal level, people are formed, people's characters, people's behavior, people's mental health are formed by both nature and nurture. They've found that it's a combination of how your brain works and how your heart and your soul works, what you're taught. And in that respect, regarding Donald Trump, I think he got the worst of everything. So if you think about it, I believe inherently, psychologically, there's something wrong. I believe character-wise in how he was brought up, how he was treated, how he was raised, there was something wrong. And I think It's like a perfect storm. And it's come together to create this person who happened to be elected president of the United States. In some respects, I do feel sorry for him. I feel empathy. 
I certainly would not want to wake up in the morning and be Donald Trump. I think that internally he's really suffering as any person with those flaws would be. And I think a lot of his self-aggrandizement is just a cover for the opposite, that he really does not believe that he's worth anything, and he does not believe he's great, and he knows he's failed as the leader of one of the most powerful countries in the world. How would you like to wake up to that every morning? And the self-aggrandizement and the words that he uses to try to convince others that that's not true is really him trying to convince himself that that's not true Um, and trying to put on a mask to show that he knows, he knows that he's not the best president in the world. He knows he's not the greatest. He knows he's not the richest. He knows he's not the most successful. And so there is a, there's a level of empathy that I do have for the human being. Absolutely. I think everyone's born perfect and spectacular. And some people just get a really bad body or they have a really bad upbringing and situation. And I think he got both. Unfortunately, he's in a position where he has a lot of influence and a lot of control over things that could be devastating to our civilization. The end. Okay, next letter. (laughs) But that was a great question. And I'm glad you're asking me that. We should always question. And we should always think And we should go beyond the obvious and beyond what is presented about a human being and think of them as a soul, as a human being, and how they have to wake up in the morning and deal with life. All right, so here's our second letter. Dear Laura, your breakup episode was fantastic. I'm a psychiatric nurse practitioner, and I've prescribed it to a patient going through a breakup. I have so many clients who are getting dumped lately, I'm going to make it mandatory listening. Thank you for the podcast. It's really great. Sincerely, MB. Well, thank you, MB. That just makes my month. That makes my year. That makes me feel so great that what I'm saying and my concepts and my philosophies are resonating with you, especially as a mental health professional, that validates what I'm doing and that you would recommend it to your patients too. That's better than all the stats in the world. I don't care about the numbers. I care that there is one person who got one thing out of one episode. That makes it worthwhile for me. So thanks for writing. I appreciate it. My doggy's crying because I was out thrifting all day and he misses me. And now I'm holed up in my studio and not paying attention to him. All right, here's my third letter. And then we're over and out. Dear Laura, I wanted to respond to the episodes you had on music. It's so true that music heals the heart and soul. All of my life, music has been an important part of my life. 
I play piano and guitar on an amateur level, but my mom was a concert pianist. I still remember the Rachmaninoff pieces she used to play, and they make me happy and remind me of her love of music and her love of me. Maybe music is from heaven. Who knows? It's the closest thing I can think of that is heavenly. Thank you, and I hope you have some more episodes about music. Sincerely, Fred V. Well, thank you, Fred. Um, As you know, I was trained in music. I got my degree in music composition, and it's an important part of my life, too. And it's an important part of my daughter's life. I made sure of it. Because it could be from heaven. Who knows? Like you said, it's something that is definitely heavenly. It can bring about emotions from people. And if you haven't listened to part one and part two about healing and music, they're really great conversations with my guests, Bill and Lauren. So go back and listen again. And also, don't forget to send me what's on your playlist because then I can share it with my listeners. What makes you feel better? What makes you feel energized? How do you use music to change your own emotions? Let me know. Of course, I welcome all feedback at laura at thepeaceful.life. You can also follow me on Facebook. My personal account is facebook.com slash peacefulpodcaster. And if you want to follow The Peaceful Podcast, I have a page for that. That's facebook.com slash peacefulpodcast. Thank you again for tuning in. You and Donald Trump are spectacular human beings. May every sunrise bring you promise and every sunset bring you peace. Have a wonderful week.